0: Well, I, I am proposing this is the end of the uh, the this sort of podcast.
1: Um, what yeah. is your what is your proposition here? We'll have to talk about it. Well, let's talk about <laughs> it right now. What are we waiting for? We'll have to talk about it. Yes. Hey, Go- Governor Whit
0: Whitmer is almost. You know, there's only in theory two weeks of this left, anyways,
1: in- until she extends it. Right. Yeah, so you know, it could be over. This could be the last of it. Well, let's fucking enjoy it then, shall we? I'm taking my pants off now. Yeah, by all means, my pants. I showed up with my pants off. I don't know what the
0: fuck you're talking about.
2: Welcome back to your football fantasy. Grab a drink, roll back your foreskin, and let Grease Nuts, Big Wiz, and the Bullfrog stroke your fantasy loins. Oh, I'm being
0: told that Bullfrog chose to stroke his dog's loins tonight. Again? Wolfpack will have to do. Sorry, we don't like it
3: either. I wonder which dog.
1: There you go. That doesn't take too long, does it? Fantastic. Welcome back to your football fantasy episode. Lots and lots here. We are, we're encroaching uh, that 100 at some point here, I think, right? What are we at, 92, 93? 93. Who knows? Fuck it. We'll try to do something big for 100. Maybe we'll even get to see each other in person again. Uh, I got uh, Dewey's Nuts here, the big whiz with me, Wolfpack with me. We are post-draft. Are you guys jacked to talk about the new season now that stuff has actually happened? Jacked. yes. I'm I went down. Yeah, it was it was great. It was fucking great. Um, did you guys enjoy the draft?
2: The, the first night was,
1: was great. great. What was that, whiz? I said the host could have been better. The ho- you mean the host for night one? That was me. Oh, that was you. Damn it. Outside in my yard, projected the draft onto my wall, (laughs) and I I spray painted uh, quarantine squares 10 feet apart from each other in the yard. You are not allowed to leave your square. That's how we fucking party here in Southwest Michigan. Do you want to tell the listeners how bad of a fucking arm you have? It's a great arm. I just missed. The first one slipped out of my hands. The second one, I just pulled it.
0: Yeah, so we were throwing, just to explain these things, we were throwing beer bottles from one yard to the next yard over the road. Everyone else landed perfectly in the other yard. Remember, yards are quite large. Yeah. And Numb Nuts broke a bottle on one side of it and then broke a bottle in the street because he couldn't even make it over the street.
1: I mean, I made it over the street. I made it over the street and over the corner of the yard. And it landed in the street. Yeah, it landed in the street. Thank you. <laughs> Partially Thank you. the street. Although the next morning when I went to clean it up, most of the bottle was in the yard.
0: <laughs> after it smashed. Yes, I agree.
1: <laughs> I I almost left le- the, that night. I went and tried to clean it up. I couldn't find the big chunks. All the big chunks were in the yard. So I was real fucking close. Okay. I was Trubisky close. I'm Trubisky accurate. Kind of like you, a Cade McMahon arm is a problem. Hmm. Maybe a Jake Fromm arm, which is a real problem, apparently. Buffalo. Buffalo. Yeah, maybe. Late, what, seventh? Fifth round? Fifth, um, round? Fifth, fifth, I think, yeah. Too fucking late. Before we get into the draft and uh, all of our draft review, there is plenty of news to get to.
2: This week in football.
1: Just today, the Kansas City Chiefs GM came out and said, hey, by the way, Damian Williams is our starting running back. Clyde edwards Hilaire, our first round pick, our first pick in the NFL draft is going to have to compete for time on the field behind Williams and if he wants to if he wants to start, he's going to have to beat him out, right? So I did and I know a lot of people did immediately after the draft, we took that CEH kid and jumped him right to the top of rookie boards because he was the first running back taken, goes to the Super Bowl champion um b- most powerful offense in the league do you guys buy this I mean I own Damian Williams in some spots should I hold him and play him or what 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 should Damian Williams owners be doing feeling thinking right now
3: I mean how did he do last year I mean it seemed like Damian Williams was kind of not there
1: well he was injured in and out a little bit but he had some he had some big games some mediocre games he should have been the Super Bowl MVP
0: the the. Absolute answer is you still like Damien Williams without a doubt. I told you this before weeks ago. Damien Williams is a good running back. He's going to be the he's going to be the starter. I don't care uh, if 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 Hilaire was drafted there. Uh, I don't really it doesn't bother me. I think Hilaire is not a complete back. And I think Damien's uh I think over time you will it's gonna be a running back by committee, but you're still gonna see Williams be the premier back there.
1: The big knock on CEH coming into this draft is that, hey, look, he he never played in the red zone in LSU. He was not he, – he was on the field near the goal line in LSU.
0: I'm just cooling down my hands for being so
1: right. Yeah. Okay. It's <laughs> like you were jerking so hard. The friction was getting too warm for you. Yeah, but
0: that's the point, though, right, is that he, he didn't play in the red zone. He's not going to play in the red zone here in, in – yes – he's a good receiving option. And yes, I, you know, we've talked about before is that he's going to, he, he's, he's going to get points. Um, yes. He's going to steal points away from Damian Williams, but Damian Williams is going to be relevant. Let's not be that foolish.
1: And, and like last year, even when Damian Williams was starting, LaShawn McCoy stole touches and points away from Damian Williams. Maybe the splits, not all that different this year. We'll see. I mean, CEH is going to have to earn his spot. It's good to hear that coming from the GM that they're not just going to hand it to him because he was their first round draft pick. Now, um, He's not here, maybe yet. But Bullfrog and I own Damian Williams. We drafted him just a few weeks ago in a startup dynasty league, and we tried—we or we talked about trading him away for real cheap, right after the draft went down. Thankfully, um, cooler heads prevailed. We held on to him. We'll see what happens.
0: Hey, that was that
1: was Bullfrog with the cooler head. No, I was the one with the cooler head. I'm always the one with the cooler head. Chris Thompson goes to the Jacksonville Jaguars here. Any love for Chris Thompson still in the league is one of the premier pass catching running backs. Has he played in the last two years? It's been and not much. He, <laughs> he can't stay on the field. For not even just the last two years. It's been three or four since he first broke his leg or whatever he did. I'm hearing crickets. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Not relevant. Fair enough. Speaking of an injured running back, it looks like. Chris Carson is expected to be 100% go by the time the season starts, but Rashad Penny is likely to start the season on the PUP. What the fuck is this? What's wrong with them? Don't you remember at the end of the year both of these guys blew out knees and had to have major knee surgeries right there at the end of the year? I didn't didn't recall was both it? of them blowing out their knees. I guess oh, I was, it wasn't it Penny's was a a hip? That could have been. Who fucking knows? It was they both blew that out. They're not good guys. injuries. Yeah, pretty major surgeries. Penny's, bad, not- Penny. Penny's Terrible. Not come back just yet. Now the Seattle Seahawks did draft a running back pretty early. I think DJ Dallas, is that right? Out of Miami. Am I right about that? doesn't matter. He's a shitty running back, but uh, if Rashad Penny's not there to start, like, is Rashad Penny somebody that maybe you should be targeting for cheap right now? When I mean, people have been waiting for Penny to have his chance forever, if he's going to be on the pup, maybe he's free, or maybe we ignore him and go to the next option. Does Chris Carson just get that big of a bump? Owner? Who? process No. Well, someone's
0: going to be a significant. I mean, I, I mean, if he's on
1: the pup, I have a hard time telling listeners to get behind him. But it's the P-U-P that means he can come back literally any fucking time he wants. Talking about running back who hasn't done shit in two years, though. That's the problem. Yeah, they, people keep waiting and keep waiting and keep waiting for his ass. To, but it's just not happening. Well, you know, maybe, maybe you throw something out there if he's going to start the season as the two there. I don't know. Worth looking at. Ted Ginn Jr. is the Chicago Bear. Are we excited about that? Wiz Fuck no. It me. He can run real fast. Next. I hate Ted Ginn. Is there a reason you hate Ted Ginn?
0: Ted Ginn, though you really like Ted Ginn, seriously.
1: No, I don't like Ted Ginn, but it seems like you have particular, deep-seated hatred for the man. Is there?
0: No, is, no, no. Don't no. I'm sorry. I like Ted Ginn. I like Ted Ginn when he was when he was in what in, in Carolina. I like Ted Ginn when he was in the Saints. I don't think he was ever put up a huge, fancy points. Um, I like him in general. He had
1: one he had big, big year in Carolina. In Chicago. Like what the fuck's he gonna do in Chicago? Nothing. Run. Nothing. Run. We do a fucking quarterback to throw the ball deep. You gonna you know, stretch the field and let uh, maybe open some things up for Robinson underneath? No. Is he gonna be a slot guy now for you guys? No.
3: We
1: just
3: cut the fucking Tyler
0: Gabriel, who is the same fucking player.
1: Taylor Gabriel's not nearly as fast as Teddy. Uh, and is it again bigger, like taller? I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Everybody's taller than Taylor Gabriel. Taylor Gabriel is like well, except Wiz. That's true. Hey, Andy Dalton was cut by his team, the Cincinnati Bengals, after they drafted Joe Burrow. Uh, he and Cam Newton are sitting there jerking each other off, waiting for a job. Who gets hired first? Andy Dalton. Didn't we, Dalton. Didn't I have a bet with one of you two guys about Cam versus Jameis who'd get signed first? One. No, no, no. What
0: you, what you bet was is – Wolfpack versus Dewey's Nuts. Dewey's Nuts says James Jameis will be signed before Cam Newton.
1: So, yeah, I guess you did win that bet. Yeah, take a fucking shot. I knew I made that fu- I couldn't find it anywhere. I don't know where you keep those bets, Wiz, but uh, I knew I made oh, it. Here, I'll post at least the ones I have to date so far for you. Yeah, just put one document where we put all our bets. That'll work. Shot. There you go. Jameis is signed by the Saints. Just a year, just a million dollars. It's almost nothing for a quarterback in the league these days. Presumably... To be the legit straight up backup quarterback, does he take over Teddy Bridgewater's backup spot? I know they also just extended t- extended Taysom Hill. There, Taysom they, Hill's
0: a goofy. He plays like fullback slash tight end slash quarterback
1: slash kick returner. Are, are they just test? is it just a test the water sort of thing for Jameis, huh? No, I think it's a if God forbid something
0: does happen to Drew Brees, we have a we do have a a a legitimate starting
1: quarterback. But you, you're not thinking, hey, this is the guy that we're signing to be the future because Breeze has said he's retiring at the end of the season.
3: Yeah, no. No, You just signed Taysom Hill for, like, what, two years, three? I or
1: don't extended? think Taysom
3: Hill is a long-term answer,
1: though.
3: No, but I think he could get you through a year. And then if you know if you don't like – I mean, the, the Saints aren't going to be in the top 10, top 15 this year to get you uh, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, so but no, if mean, Drew
0: Breeze gets – you mean the top pick. If Drew Brees gets hurt, I will guarantee they're turning to Jay, to, to Winston over.
1: Yeah. Taysom. But I I, I, see also that. Yeah. Kind of think, I also kind of think this Jameis signing was like, a, hey, if you do right while you're here, the reins are going to be yours. You're going to get first crack. Yeah. That's what I th- I'm thinking. But it's a really small contract. Poor guy went from making whatever he was making to $1 million. Oh, I feel so bad for him. <laughs> Stop <laughs> throwing the ball away to everybody. Couple of oh, as I feel bad for you and you're uh, and you you know not working. I was offered a job today. Yeah, I was offered lawn care. Was, care, huh? Lawn care. I was off. No, I I should <laughs> I'm very good at it. I was offered a job to help run a uh, a uh, congressional campaign. Did you sign on to that? You're not doing anything. No, I don't want to fucking run a goddamn campus anyway. Back on track. A few <laughs> trades went down during the draft, including some NFL players. Marquise Goodwin and Matt Breida both leave the San Francisco 49ers. Goodwin is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Breida goes to the Dolphins. Either one of those two guys interest you at all as a fantasy owner?
0: Yeah, without a doubt, Breida does. I think uh Howard's there. I mean, y- what you, the dolphins what you saw them do in the draft was take Tua and then go get offensive linemen. Um Howard's there and Howard's always been a top twenty-ish back. He gets a lot of carries, but he's never going to get a ton of carries, never even get a ton of receptions. I think Breda is a Breda's gonna also, in my mind, this is a, a spot for Breda to, to be a top
1: thirty back here. Yeah, I think that two tandem right there, if yeah. if that offense can get going at all, that two tandem is gonna be a nice Can it be
0: any more – I mean, like, last year it was decent, right?
1: Yeah. I think you can get them – you can get these two guys really cheap, really cheap right now, and I think they're worth it in that, like, 10th fucking round, 11th round where you're going to be drafting either of them. You don't have to overpay for either of them. No. These are the valuable pieces that are not sexy picks that help you fucking solidify championships.
3: Even though Goodwin's got a bunch of competition with all the Eagles receivers?
1: Well, we don't like Goodwin here. We're talking about Breida. Well, yeah, just, you're saying that Goodwin, Goodwin is like an around
3: 10-11 pick, right?
1: Oh, Goodwin is probably not going to be fucking drafted in most most places. We're thinking Breeden, and Troy okay. Howard are the two guys. I don't think Goodwin's worth much. They went out and drafted a couple of receivers. What, three receivers? Exactly. Philadelphia, too. I mean, hey, Trey Burton went to the Indianapolis Colts. What do you think about that there, Wolfpack? as a Colts fan?
3: Um, I kind of like it because, I mean – it's got to be better than Mo Alley Cox, who was always like a third stringer, and yeah, he's going Mo to be a lifer. Mo Cox
1: is seven foot four, five hundred and eighty-six pounds.
3: Right, exactly. So he can't do much. He can just block.
1: So Burton's the Ebron replacement to help Doyle out there.
3: Right, because I mean Doyle's. A, I think he's a solid tight end. You know, he can catch it. He can pass block, run block. Uh, Burton, like you said, is your Ebron. He's going to go and use your receiving tight end now.
0: This
2: one
0: pisses me off because I actually I, I think I liked Doyle. Um, I mean, if anything, what you find out is Philip Rivers uses the tight end position, and I think it, it gave a big spot for Doyle. My only concern here is if Burton somehow resurrects his career and starts playing
1: again, you'll be pissed. Yeah, I will. We got a new tight end now, your boy. I
0: mean, I I think
1: I agree with your your statement. It wasn't a bad – it was a bad
0: pick only because where they selected them. They could have gotten them – maybe they wouldn't have got them around later, but, again, I just feel the reaching always, – they're always reaching. They're not taking value ever.
1: Yeah, that's, that's true. They're just bad. All right, let's talk about a couple of 50-year option, guys. May 4th, that's in three days from while we're, when we're recording this. should be tomorrow when you're listening to this. That's the deadline for all the 2017 rookies. Look at that clean face. Talking about mine? No. Look, I'm talking about the fucking child next to you. <laughs> Who is that guy? Dude, it's, it's quarantine times. Why are you? It's quarantine times. You don't shave during quarantine. Uh, he's
3: back. He's back in <laughs> school, though.
1: Roggy, what the fuck? I'm trying to get this so I can have both screen. look up. like you're fucking 12 years old again. Let's talk fifth year option, guys. There's a couple of interesting dudes that I just want to mention. Oh, we're taking a shot? Well, Hurry up two two tight ends that got their fifth year options picked up by their teams that I think are really surprising. First, David Njoku on the Browns. Maybe they they went out and got Austin Hooper. They went out and drafted Harrison Bryant, one of the earliest tight ends taken in this draft. And after all that, they signed David Njoku to his fifth year fifth year option. I was surprised by that. I still don't think he's worth having on your fantasy roster. The other one is OJ Howard here. Um Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski comes to town and a few weeks later they're picking up O.J. Howard's fifth year option. Surprised by both of those. Are they worth owning? Are they going to be used? Why did these teams pay money to keep them? I think Howard well, I don't understand J.C. at all.
0: Does that make any sense? You spent the money on Hooper.
1: And a draft pick on Harris and Bryant. Right.
0: That one doesn't make sense. I mean, the Howard one kind of does because how long do you expect Gronk to play?
1: All right. In that two tight end set, I mean, you got to
3: have a decent backup
1: go to someone that's not
3: going to break his back before uh,
1: well cameron they just signed cameron break to a new contract a couple of years ago
0: yeah but how long do you expect Gronk to play he retired once two years at most
1: yeah as long as brady's there is what my answer is all right i can see that one so let's flip the script then really quickly there's a couple of guys who Either haven't been, haven't, haven't had their options picked up yet, or the teams have been cleared hey, we're not going to pick up those options. Corey Davis is not all that surprising in Tennessee because he's been a disappointment. But Leonard Fournette is not getting his 50 year option picked up in Jacksonville. That came out today. And Mitchell Trubisky, the team has not made any statement about whether they're going to be picking up that option yet or not. I guess they got to wait to see what they got in fulls, but they don't have the chance. They have to make this decision. In three days, any surprises on those three guys? Three, three days, that's the timeline? May 4th.
2: Nah, Fournette, they've, they've been verbally saying they wanted to try to trade him, but well, nobody was taken well, during the trying, draft.
1: To, trying to trade him is one thing. You're trying to get value back. But this is just saying, hey, we're just going to let you go. We can have you on the relative cheap, but we're just going to let you go. I think that Fournette's going to be picked up. I can't imagine they're going to let him walk. I mean, he has been productive when he's played, when he's been healthy. So I can't imagine they're going to well, let him. Jacksonville's going to let him walk because if the, and by not picking up his fifth-year deal, if they want to keep him, they have to sign him to a second contract, which is way more expensive than signing – than picking- Well, I thought you said the fifth-year option. I mean, the fifth-year option is relatively cheap, isn't it? Yes. they that- really have to sign him to a second contract then. The team said today that they are not picking up that option
0: he's a legitimate running back. I mean, what do you, by letting him walk, what are you getting out of it?
2: Apparently they like this Raquel Armstead guy quite a bit.
1: Fuck that guy. They like Chris Thompson, Raquel Armstead. Didn't they draft him? No, they didn't, but they picked up, uh, they picked up your Illinois state boy, James Robinson, right after the draft was over. Yeah. What about Trubisky? Is he going to, are they going to pick him up? Is he done in the bears after 2020? I bet you money they pick this contract up. They got three days. I bet you a shot that they don't. Deal. Okay. uh, Well, I do have to hit that button, don't I? I just did it for you. Yeah, you do sound sexy when you make that
2: noise. He always beats you to it. Every fucking time I listen to the damn show, he always beats you to it. Well, (laughs) I got to fucking go to the – I have to switch screens. I got to fucking find
1: it in my – here it is. It's
2: a bet! Yay! I like all the shit you guys have been talking about me lately
1: on the show. <laughs> you hear the new addition to our opening uh, intro music? No, it hadn't changed the last couple I listened to. Oh, la- the last episode it changed. You so, f-
3: a- four nets, fifth year option, eight point four three.
1: Okay, so it's probably pretty close to what they fully be-
3: fully guaranteed for injury only.
1: Yeah. All right, probably probably what they'd be paying him anyway. Right. All right. Um, Those are fifth-year option things. Corey Davis is not a surprise. Just today, a bunch of these were picked up, so my list got a lot shorter. Let's move off of the news. That was a lot of news. Let's go to the
2: big whiz on his stat of the week.
1: Did you guys all take your shot? I took it. 12-year-old? I don't think the little boy in your corner here took it.
0: I like him that he's below my penis, though. Pretty, pretty is that where he is for you? Yeah, it is. It's
1: awesome. <laughs> All of a sudden, man. Right.
0: Oh god, who am I? We're gonna play this game. I only have one, so you guys better make it count. In twenty seventeen and twenty nineteen, the last three years, my team has had the most running back receptions. Okay. Okay. In the final nine games of twenty nineteen season, I had seven or less rushes per game last year in the final nine games i had seven or less rushes per game in three games i averaged over four yards per carry in 13 games i averaged less than 3.3 yards per carry and i finished running back number four in overall points am i
2: austin eckler points last year austin eckler Nice job, Froggy. I was gonna say the
1: Chargers, but I couldn't get my I couldn't get Melvin Gordon to
2: come six. back to the show. Show you guys what the
1: fuck's up here.
0: Get the little boy off the screen again. He's not allowed to be here.
1: Very nice. All right, stat of the week: Austin Eckler. Only how many carries in each of the last nine games? Six or less. Seven rushes or less per game. <laughs> so that that probably means. Um, Joshua Kelly, drafted by that team, is likely to get a lot of touches because Austin Eckler's not going to get all of them. That's what it tells you, he's going to have a tough time repeating, right? I like Joshua Kelly here for a value pick in
2: rookie drafts.
0: What this tells you
1: is that Austin
0: Eckler's going to have a tough time repeating in that spot.
2: For sure. Well, their offense isn't going to be as good without Rivers. That's a given, too. I mean, he's still going to get 15 to 17 touches, which makes him Mm -hmm. a top – He just, we just talked about Nine games seven or less carries. What's that? There were nine games with seven or less carries. Well, Melvin Gordon was in there how many games? Fucking.
1: Justin Jackson.
2: Justin Jackson's a bum. Joshua Kelly, though, baby. Write it down. I'll still still have Eckler on my draft list. I ain't going to fucking avoid him. All right. We'll
0: make that bet soon, Froggy.
2: Let's go to the next thing you guys have
1: options
0: And now for more Dumb Shit I Heard This Week.
1: Okay, guys, you have three options from me for Dumb Shit. Here are the titles. Pick the one you want to hear. The first one's called, Is 24-7 Too Much? The second one is Better in Hindsight. And finally, Oops, I Did It Again, which just now I'm not actually remembering what the Oops, I Did It Again story was. Oops,
2: I did it again. I burned out my gym. Don't pick that one. <laughs> I was gonna say if you forgot what it was, must not have been that good. It was, going to the twenty four seven too much jerking off. You guys agree twenty four seven? Yeah, let's go with that
1: one. It's not jerking off at all. There's a there's a. Oh, we don't want that one then. There's a professor in at Harvard University who just um, wrote a paper and started this lecture. Uh, she's kind of being called out on it because she's saying one. Uh, we got to ban homeschooling all over the country, and two, she thinks it's uh, too authoritarian for parents to have control of their kids for 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We got to get kids out of their parents' households so they don't fuck them up with their authoritarian
2: regime. I thought that was pretty uh, out there. Yeah, man, I could. I'm sure there's a lot of kids that wish they weren't with their fucking parents 24/7. I can tell you that much. <laughs> But it's not about – they wish they were
1: out of their not, – not at their homes 24-7. She doesn't think that parents should have the right to do that. It's, it's too authoritarian. They can tell them whatever they want, and the kids will believe it. And she doesn't like that. Well, she might not be wrong in all cases, though. Let's be, let's be very frank about that. That's true. She did say that she believes most parents that keep their kids home for school are crazy um, right-wing church nuts – you know, the one of the neighbor ladies... Yeah, is she wrong on that? Um, I don't think the statistics will hold up, but that's what most of the homeschool
2: families love. <laughs> most, yes. One of the neighbor ladies says she's really loving this homeschool. She might want to just transition over to that permanently. Oh, Which they're crazy right-wing church nuts, though, right? Yeah, they are. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> yep. Proven. Nailed the, nailed the hammer, nailed the head, whatever that fucking phrase is. <laughs> You almost got there, buddy. Almost.
1: Do you want to tell – Wiz, you want to tell us um, in this dumb shit segment what, what you wanted to add in here, something about the best episode?
0: Yeah, so I was listening to our previous episodes, and we were having a really good discussion about cam makers, okay? Okay. okay. This is basically yours, cam makers versus Michael P. Ryan. Yeah. Okay? And it was a really good episode until you started saying this to me. And this is me versus saying how good can makers is. Versus what you say that Mike Piran could be, and how bad and how many, how much audience we lost because of these statements.
1: Did you hear that? Oh, I did say that. Yeah, I was. We already talked about that. I was very drunk when I said that. <laughs> what did he say? Top, finish, finish top 15, though. I said Theo Riddick finished top five. <laughs> Theo
2: <laughs> fucking Rick. Depending,
1: depending on your scoring rules, he might have. I don't know. <laughs> really? What? I, I, I once knew – I, I knew a girl once who was in a fantasy league, and by, like – the scoring was ridiculous. But by, like, 400 points, the number one scorer in that league was Cordero Patterson. You can't tell me there wasn't a league somewhere in which Theo Riddick finished the top five. I didn't no. give – you didn't ask for the context, okay? Was that – the poison of jameson
2: night
1: one of the jameson poison (laughs) nights yes we got fucked up and i sometimes i say things i don't mean when i'm fucked up with episode until you started talking about that thank you for bringing up some old shit and now
3: our feature presentation
1: let's talk about the draft um and uh some of the shit that happened. We're obviously not going to go pick by pick or anything crazy like that. Instead, what we're going to do here is we're going to give you some guys that we thought uh, came out of this draft um, looking real good. Some guys that came out of this draft looking real fucking shitty. We'll talk veterans. We'll talk rookies. And then each of us, the three or four of us, depending on whether Bullfrog's still with us, will tell you our absolute favorite rookie, the guy that we are dead-ass sold on in our rookie draft, but we'll get there. Let's start, with the, uh, let's start with a shot, then we'll hit the vets, who we thought came out um, smelling like roses after this draft. Hang on.
3: Froggy, Froggy, do you need a
1: shot of milk or something? Rest milk? Fuck yeah. <laughs> we played those games in my household.
0: This is to your child, Froggy.
1: Mine? Thank you. Appreciate it. That was my last peppermint vodka. I'm on to regular old Smirnoff. That that bottle lasted quite a while.
2: The peppermint. That yeah. was the that was the guy I forgot to do was my favorite rookie target. Some bitch. You got so much time. I gotta stay focused. I just can't. I'm just gonna wing it when we get there. Pass on me. Let's start. At <laughs> the, let's start at the veteran winners. What vets in the league?
1: Came out looking great here. Maybe we thought a replacement was coming, but that replacement didn't happen. Maybe new weapons come into this. I don't know what it is. We're going to start at the, the uh, Wolfpack. You were the first to get in. Wolfpack, tell us yeah. your
3: my uh, My vet, veteran winner was, I believe, Carson Wentz. Um, they drafted two wideouts, which, I mean, think about what, they, what he had last year. He had Jackson. And he had Jeffrey for, like, what, five games?
1: Jackson, had one quarter or something.
3: Right, right. I mean, they weren't even there. And then he started throwing it to a bunch of practice squad players. I mean, they got Rieger, who's another Jackson, high tower. They traded for Goodwin. So, I mean, he may not be the best wide out, but he's still better than your practice squad players. So, I mean, they're deep at wide out. He's got good running backs still. And he's still got a pretty good tight end and uh. Oh Zach, Ertz. Zach Ertz, and an upcoming one, and Gobert.
0: You haven't mentioned Jalen Hurts though.
3: No, I I'm not calling that like a the, the Jalen Hurts draft was a positive thing. It's more of you know I I call that like more like a security blanket because if Wentz gets hurt, then it's Hurts time to go.
1: Look, Hurts is is. They they've been clear. Like Hertz is going to do the Taysom Hill thing. He's going to play some receiver. He's going to get some running back work. He'll he'll be in on some Wildcats. That's the sort of stuff he's gonna do. He's not gonna come in and take over throwing work from Wentz. Wentz is still gonna have that that locked up. It's just sort of another element to that offense. That's why they took him. Yeah. I I don't hate it. I like Rager there. I think uh I think that high tower kid is a, a nice big—he's a big red zone weapon. He's sort of like an Alshon Jeffrey to me. I think that's a nice comp for him, so that makes some sense. So, um, so you guys you guys truthfully think it was only because of wide receivers is why Carson Wentz couldn't perform last year? Carson Wentz did fine last year. Why? Well, Cowboys Wentz made playoffs. Live up to his second year numbers. He could—it's ne- not possible that he'll never live up to his second year numbers. He was playing out of his fucking mind before he got hurt. That's not a so top. 13 quarterback No, where did where did he finish? Ten. I don't think he finished ten. I will look it up. Why don't you tell us about your favorite veteran winner from this draft while I do that?
0: Yeah, my, my favorite here is the aging Todd Gurley, um, at least for 2020. Um, Atlanta drafted four defensive players, an offensive tackle, and one punter. Like they did not draft a single young running back. Um his backups continue to be Edo Smith, Quadre Allison, and Brian Hill, which are all that best-case scenario maybe a, a change of pace occasionally? Um, to me, this means, again, Gurley is still a goal line. He, he still gets all the goal line carries. He just gets all the pass catching. Um, Atlanta has him on a one-year deal. He's going to churn and burn him, use him as much as he can. He's still going to get 16-plus touches per game. Uh, to me, I, I just think I expected them to get some sort of rookie running back here, and they didn't drop to school. Uh, Todd Gurley did okay last year. I don't think he's going to be a top – 10 running back again but i think he's going to be a a usable he could certainly add a great amount of depth to your team if you can get him as your number two running back i would take it in a heartbeat
1: i saw him going in rounds three and four in some of my dynasty startups value there yeah. carson Wentz finished quarterback nine last year and that was mostly with nelson Aguilar as his number one i mean but that's the point
0: though are you saying that it was because of, that he couldn't finish higher because of wide receivers
1: that's a big part i think it's a big yeah. part
0: and you think these wide receivers they drafted immediately are going to step in in between Rager and Hightower and be
3: immediately? They un- can't hurt. I, I think mean, they can't go any worse.
1: I think Rager's a badass. Yeah, he might be a badass. Jackson's Jackson will be there, healthy still, right? Alshon is going to come in healthy. We're going to start with the full cadre of receiving weapons, and they're going to start in two tight end sets a, le- a lot. Now that Goddard has absolutely made his presence undeniable.
0: Well, that's the matchup that they can always win: is that they have two tight ends that are better that that are hard to. Impossible to match up against almost a lot of so options
1: miles like sanders came into his own right so there's a lot of options a lot the more options
3: running than back. he had was scott boston he was a the good
0: thing is that's a hard time buying that he's going to be that much i can't see him
1: being top five again because of that i think he'll be top seven <laughs> top six where to grow some balls thank you Went it from nine to seven i said six too um let me tell you who I'll tell you who my veteran winner. I think Gurley's Gurley's a pretty good one. I got him in a couple of those spots because he's real discounted right now, and you know what he can do. He's never going to be what he once was, but he's still a stud. And that's a big offense that scores a lot of points. Um, I think my veteran winner, he's – got to kind of put air quotes around veteran here, but it's Jarrett Stidham, quarterback, presumed starting quarterback for the New England Patriots. He's only got to beat out Brian Hoyer. I drafted Stidham in a dynasty. I think you're in, you're in that Wolfpack. Yeah.
3: That was uh, like your last or second to last pick.
1: I got him real late. um, And I just crossed my fingers in this super flex, hoping that every, every time the Patriots come up, came up on the draft and they traded all over the place. So they were always, always fucking picking. It felt like I held my breath waiting for them to take a quarterback. And they just never did the vote of confidence from that organization. Um, For Jarrett Stidham, it could not have been screamed any louder uh, in that draft. They didn't take a quarterback. Yes, they picked up somebody after the draft is over, an undrafted guy, but that's going to be a depth. That's Jamar Smith from L.A. Tech, right? Louisiana Tech is not going to threaten, obviously. So Stidham gets the the shot. That's all you can ask for a kid um, who's uh, on my fucking dynasty roster. Instead of drafting a quarterback, they took a couple of tight ends three offensive linemen go in this draft it was already a good offensive line they're trying to improve it via competition they weren't highly drafted linemen but still i think jarrett stidham was the surprise win for me just because they didn't they didn't there's no competition at this point except when they sign andy dalton i mean if they sign andy dalton then i guess there'll be a little bit of competition but what's the value in signing andy dalton for the new england patriots he's he's okay he's never been better than okay or they can take a guy that they clearly believe in um, because Dalton was still on the team when they didn't draft a quarterback. They couldn't have been planning on that. So they believe in Stidham. They could try to try to develop him now on the field. Or they can go get an okay vet in Andy Dalton who will never be better than okay. Why would you do that?
3: But it's the Patriots. I mean, I'm sure Belichick they had someone now. listening.
2: wants to win now. I think yeah, so. but Belichick would rather have a young guy he can fucking manipulate and fucking cheat. Than fucking Dalton, who is what he is at this point. I was then, real fucking
1: stoked. Aaron Stidham. I was a, stoked to be the Stidham owner when they didn't draft another one. He, I think, he's a big winner. Dude. And, and you, you were well,
3: saying that, uh, that the uh the Patriots that had no idea that the Bengals were gonna drop Dalton. I mean, they've cheated how many times so far? You, I mean, are you sure they didn't have some guy in there saying, "Hey, just just wait, we're gonna drop Dalton at the end of this." Just, they just might wait. Not look.
1: Maybe it was Tom Brady all along. He went and cheated immediately upon landing in Tampa Bay, trying to go talk to his coach during the "Do not talk to your fucking coach" stage. So right. Maybe was him. Froggy, you want to jump in
2: with a vet winner? Yeah, I'd like to have the floor here, motherfuckers. Jeez, oh fuck! Oh fuck! Uh, you missed the show for how long? How fucking fucking. <laughs> you uh, first
0: ready?
2: on the uh, Carson Wentz. Yeah, I like Carson Wentz. He's one of those quarterbacks who I actually like him more than his individual pieces. Not sure why, but just maybe it's the offense where it's just a really good spread it around. At least it has been, but we'll see what that turns into. As far as Todd Gurley goes, he was actually the first guy I wrote down when I was starting my note process on this. And uh, when I look back at his stats last year, I just was kind of shocked by what he did. I didn't think he did as much as what he did. He had 14 touchdowns, I think. I I don't think he does much more than that. So I was like, yeah. I don't know if he wins much more than he was last year. Maybe a little bit. But he didn't lose anything, did he? Right. I mean, he's not getting hurt by moving there, that's for sure. But as far as Stidham goes, eh, we'll see. I know some of the some of the defenders for New England are talk, talk pretty good about him as far as facing him every day in practice and whatnot. Uh, but I'm going to go with Dak. Uh, just because Dallas has really positioned him to be a – if, if, they're gonna, if they can get this contract figured out, I mean, he's going to be in there for a long haul as a potential just fucking stud for the next seven years. Uh, I mean, last year he was already a top five fantasy quarterback, 30 touchdowns in the air, 4,900 passing yards, I think. Now he's got C D Lamb to go with Cooper and Gallup, however much you like those guys. Uh, every single year his stats have improved not only improved, but also quantity, volume has gone up. You know, I don't know how much that can go up again this year, but fucking yards, completions, attempts, touchdowns. The only thing that went down this last year was his rushing touchdowns, went from six every year to three. But you know he can still be the guy that goes for six, just because that's in his skill set. At this point, he's the number three dynasty quarterback behind only Lamar and Mahomes. And he may very well have more staying power than Lamar Jackson when it comes down to it in dynasty. So I just think he came out as a winner, man, picking up a great offense to maybe be there for a long time. C.D. Lamb. I mean, what, last year's off season, we kind of started talking about Dak as like a sleeper guy. I know I was on him. We kind of thought he could have a start coming around a little bit, but hard to
1: argue hard to argue with somebody like CeeDee Lamb coming to town that that Dak was a winner for sure all right let's jump into uh some vet losers and if those are the guys that made out in the draft for one reason or, not, or another who struggled let's start with uh Wiz here tell us who you've got and why yeah
0: i think i have the only wide receiver listed um and you guys took the obvious ones to me but i guess I took, I took Cortland Sutton in 20, top 20 wide receiver with over 200 points. Um, he had a lot going for him. He had 50, um, I remember, repeat myself here, 50% of the opportunity in Denver last year. There was no wide receiver that had over 28 receptions. Um, I think going into 2020, you take those numbers and you, you just automatically buy into him. He got told, I mean, he didn't get fucked. The problem is, is like, they they upgraded big time when they drafted Jerry Judy. Um, Jerry Judy's a better wide receiver. And they, they in the second round, they took K.J. Hamler, who I don't think is nearly the receiver that Cortland Sutton is. But Cortland Sutton's never going to see the numbers that he saw in 2019. He's never going to see the amount of opportunity. Um, you add in Melvin Gordon, Noah Fant. Um, he's still a good wide receiver. He's or, Yeah, he's still a good wide receiver. But instead of being in the top 20s, he's probably going to be in the – mid to late thirties at best to me he just joins the rest of the wide receiver heap in that range. I wouldn't overpay for this guy anymore. I think going into 2019, you would, he gave you consistent points. Didn't matter if he scored
1: a touchdown. He just had so much opportunity. He was giving you a night points. And, and now that's not going to be the case. He was, he was flying up boards in dynasty boards prior to this draft. But I'll tell, I'll tell you what, man, it's on Drew Locke at this point because they have done everything they could to make this offense as powerful as it can be. They've added so many weapons. Either Locke's going to get it done or not. I mean, this offense yeah. might be great or it's going to have a shitty quarterback and you're going to waste a bunch of draft picks on guys that can't perform because their quarterback can't get it to them. And, and they got could- a
3: better O-line.
1: Yeah. But Court and Sullivan's taking a huge penalty. Huge because- hit. Mm-hmm. Huge hit. Going from the only guy in town. To all of a sudden, probably not even the best outside wide receiver on the team. Correct. That's your best now.
2: I mean, is there a, is there a OC stay? I know their head coach stayed. OC still the same? Pat Shermer. God, Are they going to try, are they going to mix it up? Cause, I mean, last year with the three different starting quarterbacks, they only had 502 pass attempts, which is like. I just looked 16th or something in the NFL, but with all those fucking weapons, goddamn, are you going to open it up a little bit more or what? I think you will, but the problem is, I don't, I don't think it's in a good court in Sutton, though. I mean, how much can it go to court? And no, I agree with you. I'm not arguing against your point. I'm just saying, yeah, just as for that Denver offense, man, I hope they can find a way to make it exciting because they got pieces.
1: Right, uh, I'm going to go next here. Um, I'm taking Aaron Jones as a loser. Obviously, Aaron Jones is a number two fantasy running back last year. Had a shitload of touchdowns. Um, if you were a smart dynasty owner, you sold him on that touchdown number because he was never going to do that again. Anyway, Packers go out here and draft in the second. The Packers draft was so fucking weird, man. Jordan, they traded up to draft a quarterback, and then they draft a fucking running back in the second. Uh, probably the two least needed positions on the entire fucking team. But they did it anyway. They drafted AJ Dillon in the second round. Dillon is that six foot, 243 pound athletic insanity um, from the combine. He's obviously going to take the goal line work away from both Jamal Williams, who, by the way, is totally dead uh, for fantasy purposes now, um, but also away from Aaron Jones. Expect him to be the touchdown hawk at some point this season. More importantly, what this said to me when they did this was hey, Both Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams contracts are up next year at the end of this season. Aaron Jones specifically, um, look, Track has his market value at $12 million a year next year if the Packers decide to sign him back. Probably a smart front office move to say, hey, we don't want to pay for the running back either, just like every other team in this league outside of Carolina. Let's get a guy in A.J. Dillon that if he can perform, we can just move on from Aaron Jones, move on from Jamal Williams, and keep a running back at a couple $100,000 instead. If I'm the Aaron Jones owner and I still own him now, I am selling him as hard as I fucking can because I don't even think he's a Packer next year.
0: I think he has a pretty far reach there, buddy. Uh,
2: he's not going to be in Green Bay. Uh, that's far I agree with you because they're going to have to pay him fucking 12 to 15 million and why fucking do it at this I'll make point I'll make you that I'm bet too wiz. Roger, who, where else is the money at wiz, gonna take, gonna well, take unless, the, unless he's going to sign for way less
3: could take that hometown discount
2: fuck he ain't from fucking Green Bay hey I tell you what though nuts and whiz you better start training your boys not to be running backs fuck <laughs> My boys are a bunch of fucking dancing bitches. Hey, it up. Wiz, we betting that?
1: Aaron Jones in Green Bay next year? We betting that?
0: Um, yeah, I'll take that bet. It's a bet. Each Yay! Year. We're going
1: to double dip you. Bullfrog wants to double dip you. How, wait, he just shows up and only gets the fucking – He doesn't even take fucking shots. No, he's not taking shots. What the fuck? We'll see if we'll allow him to
2: double dip you. It's it's newborn time. I mean, you're a bigger, 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 better man than me, Wiz, when you were able to take those shots with your newborn, you know. I, I get up in the middle of the night multiple times. I don't know if that was your policy as well or not. There you go. Wolf back. Uh, I will not lie, Froggy.
0: My wife does most <laughs> – She did a lot. She did most, without a doubt.
1: Wolfpack, veteran loser, hit us. My uh, veteran loser
3: was from my my favorite team, Marlon Mack. Uh, He didn't do anything wrong last year. I mean, put up uh, over 1,000 yards, averaged 4.4 at eight TDs. It's just more – it's his final year of the contract, and they drafted Jonathan Taylor as replacement. Some people are talking that Taylor's now the lead back. They're not going to deal with – Marlon Mack as the lead back anymore? They're running back by committee, kind of. I mean, I, I feel like Taylor
1: is a is a is a stud, so it's hard. Right,
3: but he still can't not catch to the put ball. Him on the
1: field. It's hard not to leave him on the field. Um, yeah, Marlon Mack didn't catch the ball either, so he, he did
3: not. So I bet. I mean, you're just gonna keep putting in running backs like uh, Himes, you're gonna put Himes in there when it's passing. So, like oh, I mean, that's not a giveaway or anything.
2: A lot of teams do it. Yeah. I do. What's he got? One more year under contract? This is
3: it. This is his last year. They've – was it the owner said back in February that we have not even discussed a contract extension. And Marlon Mack says, I don't want to worry about it until it comes up.
2: I think teams are really doing this at the running back position more than any. Just kind of jumping a one-year head. Say, fuck it, there's a guy that's awesome that can take over for three years or four years once this guy's gone. We're not going to pay him
3: draft that running back to learn the system for a year if you want to, if you want to call it that the learn the system
2: and really it might just fuck fantasy for a year like Mac and fucking Nathan, both of them might be kind of just flex flex yeah. shit cuz it could just be a shared backfield
3: and I don't I mean if Mac doesn't go back to Indy or if he's done after this year I don't see him going anywhere to be a lead running back anywhere
0: Nope well, Mac, Mac I mean Mac has been inconsistent at best, right? Like in 2018, he was fantastic. He was great. The offensive line came alive and he, and he put up huge numbers. Last year, he kind of disappeared. He was inconsistent. And he's not always been healthy. And I think like you guys talked about before, is that the NFL contract did not help the NFL, the, the, the young running backs at all. And no one wants to pay for it. Why would you pay for Merlin Mack? Who is it? Who, who's he's not Christian McCaffrey. I mean, Jesus,
2: right? you know McCaffrey ran like a four-five, four-five something at fucking Combine? I'm up. You're up, baby. Oh, alright. I'm gonna go with the uh, old man Mark Ingram. He's gotta be, uh, as long as Frank Gore don't play this year, Mark Ingram <laughs> riding in that fucking old man car in the front of the pack. Pretty close to it. Uh, it's gonna be 31 years old this season. Uh, they drafted J.K. Dobbins who is a Three down back, you know, he's a receiving back, he's a hard nose running back, he could take over. Uh, fucking Ingram had what fifteen carries twice last season, I think. I know we had a bet on that nuts, and it was just Lamar Jackson that got the shitload of the volume. Uh, you add another piece into that running back field where I still think they look Gus Edwards. Justice Hill, I don't know. Is he gonna be on the fucking practice squad? I don't know what they do with him. GM talk says it's a four-headed monster. Each of these guys does something better than the others, possibly. So are they going to get carries to all these guys? I just think it hurts Mark Ingram's stock. Uh, Ingram was saved last year by touchdowns. He had 15, five receiving. When I saw that number, I was, I was kind of shocked when I saw that he had five receiving touchdowns out of the backfield. I don't think he comes anywhere near five. I could see him still getting 10 total touchdowns. Just because of the volume and how many opportunities he's going to get in the red zone. But again, I hated on Mark Ingram last year. I'm just going to continue to spill the hate on him. And we'll see what happens. Yeah, Isn't Ingram just a.
0: In, I mean, Ingram to me is an old version of J.K. Dobbins. J.K. Dobbins is just younger, he's better.
1: Yeah, might be better. I, I don't know that he's. Well, he's better now at 30 years old, he's better.
0: Well, I. I with froggy in here is that you are right is I, what baltimore does is they are, they do a great job drafting mark ingram numbers will not be close like you said he had five receiving tds there's no fucking way he's doing again at best case scenario he's gonna touch 10 tds and that that's 66 there's not even close as he can replicate
1: yeah that's fair that back feels tough let's talk rookies for a little while here guys let's start with the rookie winners who do you think came out of this draft uh, looking uh, – smelling like roses on the rookie side? Who landed in the right spots to make their dynasty stock worth having a piece of? Who wants to kick us off?
2: Raggy? All right. I, I, I dug deep on this one because this is my guy, uh, Justin Jefferson, picked up by the Vikings. Uh, Basically to replace Stefan Diggs. Uh, maybe not in exact what he does, but in uh, the volume and the opportunity, I would say. Uh, Jefferson coming in at six foot one, 202 pounds. He did the 40, he did the burst, and he did a speed drill. He finished in the 80th plus percentile in all of those scores. Uh, pretty solid. I think he ran like a 4-4-3, four, four, maybe. Sounds about right uh last year Diggs had 93 targets uh, i can see a lot of those going towards justin jefferson this year Diggs had 28 deep targets which was the fifth most in the nfl again i can see a majority of those going justin jefferson because we know Thielen doesn't get a whole lot of those rudolph's not going to get many of those maybe herb smith a couple uh bc johnson's not going to get any of those uh yeah nobody else is going to get this who did you just reference Ola BC Johnson, but his name now he just goes by BC. No more Ola, just BC. I,
0: I can't them. believe you're referencing BC Johnson from Minnesota. But okay, you yeah, dug
2: deep. He's he looked, on Dug uh, deep. Bullfrog and I have him on our dynasty team. Anyway, uh, Diggs had a 22% target share. So if if Jefferson can get around a 20%, uh, I think that puts him at fantasy worthy. Uh, I think he's going to be better than Diggs eventually. Maybe not year one because we all know how rookie wide receivers work. But uh, shit, last, last year rookie rookie wide receivers showed out pretty damn good. So I think we might be starting to turn a tide there a little bit as far as rookie wide receivers in the right offense. Which this plays into my next point. Uh, mm-hmm. Joe Brady, the offensive coordinator there at LSU last year, now the offensive coordinator for what Carolina? Yes, is that right? Uh, ran an NFL offense where they required uh, the wide receivers to make post-snap adjustments off the defensive reads, which is what NFL receivers have to do in a lot of offenses. I think that's going to make the transition a whole lot easier for Jefferson. Uh, on targets from one to nine yards, which we all know Kirk Cousins loves that fucking range. Uh, Jefferson had a 92.5% catch rate which was number one among 122 wide receivers with at least 30 such targets. That's pretty fucking impressive. Yeah. Uh, Justin Jefferson led the draft class with 72 conversion catches, which is first down or touchdown catches, uh, which was, again, the most in, that, in the draft class this year. Uh, I, I, I can go on record saying he may be the best wide receiver in this class. He may have the best career out of any of these wide receivers. He ended up in a pretty good spot uh, pairing up with Thielen and Kirk Cousins, if you ask me. So I'm really excited about what this guy can do. And me and the Nuts got a piece of him in our dynasty. So I'll, I'll, I'm happy about that. I
0: think the impressive part to me, and I, I agree with you, I like Justin Jefferson a lot, is he, he doesn't have to be the number one wide receiver, unlike Jerry Judy's going to be. Um, there's, you know, there's other receivers, even CeeDee Lamb, I think is going to have a harder job or a harder time finding, um, finding opportunities. I, I think Jefferson's going to be helped. That, he, that he's way different than Adam Thielen and they have these, they have these two decent tight ends that, that are different than him and, and I think he brings a whole different element different than Diggs and better than Diggs in a lot of different ways And I think it's going to help Jefferson and his offense a lot
2: oh and I didn't even mention like the intangibles nuts and I talked about this before man you watch the tape on this kid he's a fucking monster his after the catch, he's fucking going balls to the walls. This kid blocks on every fucking play. You guys were talking on the podcast the other day about, uh, I think it was Gabriel Davis, how you said the film, he just stands there like a lazy piece of shit on the plays he ain't doing. Justin Jefferson's fucking chipping, blocking. Maybe Delvin Cook might even have a better year because of a kid like Jefferson out there fucking help doing his job. Yeah, Jefferson's a stud, and –
1: there were uh, two wide receiver landing spots that were real exciting to watch for. And Minnesota was definitely one of those two. Um, I'm going to jump in here. I got a wide receiver that I want to talk about as well. And I think, I think one of the big rookie winners was uh, Henry Ruggs. I, to be clear, I don't think Henry Ruggs is going to be a terribly good wide receiver. That's not what this is about. I think Ruggs wins because look, he was the first receiver taken off the board. Shouldn't have been. There are plenty of receivers in this class better than me. He was taking 12 overall for fuck's sake. You knew Las Vegas was going to be taking a receiver, but this is really fucking early. He's the type of receiver I don't think that fits really well with what they're going to want to do in that offense, but they took him. They took him as, as their first pick, number 12 overall. What that means is he's going to be a big part of the offensive game plan. He's the winner because – Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, Henry Ruggs, those are the only three pass catchers that are going to be on the play card with uh, sections of their own going into week one likely. Again, I want to be clear that I don't think Ruggs is going to be a great receiver. I don't think he was a good choice there. But if you're looking for a rookie that that made out like a fucking bandit, Ruggs is going to have all the opportunity in the world coming into this season. <sighs>
2: Is Tyrell Williams just a non-part of
1: that offense now, or pretty what? A, pretty much a non-starter all year. Um, I, I do have an honorable mention guy, real quick. I just want to throw out. I think, I think Denzel Mims ha, uh, landed in a really nice spot in the Jets too. The Jets, so you know, had the most vacated targets on the whole team with the pieces they lost. 154 targets were vacated. 1,200 yards, six touchdowns vacated from a receiver position on the team. Mims is a super athletic, big dude at six foot three who ran crazy fast. He has an opportunity stepping into a role um that, that was pretty empty, but uh that's just sort of honorable mention. I think ruggs is a
2: big winner wide receiver wise. Did you see Ruggs at the draft? I feel like he fits right into the John Gruden style. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Jesus. I fucking Gruden. <laughs> Hey, rugs too, by the way. Oh,
2: oh, yeah, but I think I think the black unicorn is probably going to pick up most of those open targets. There you go.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that's going to have all hundred and 148 of 152. All right, Wiz, who you got?
0: I'm the only one who went with a running back here. I took Cam Akers, um, who ended up with with Wonder Boy Sean McVeigh with his explosive offense. I think he's the he has he's the best running back on this team. What you what you did not see was anything from uh, Henderson last year to prove that he is any sort of three down back and Cam Akers absolutely is. I don't think Cam Akers is going to start immediately. So, so don't expect that right off the, you know, right off the bat here, but he is the best running back. He's probably going to start midway through the season and he has great hands. He's a one cut runner. And that's what this team is looking for. where you saw Todd Gurley do early in his career there, Cam Akers is younger, stronger and healthy. I have no reason why I believe Cam Akers will not be a
1: fantastic landing spot in L.A. Good spot for him. Came flying up my board when he landed in L.A. because that's a good, solid spot for him.
0: Do you agree that you fucked up the whole LaMichael La- La- P. Ryan ranking over him?
1: No, I think LaMichael P. Ryan is a better running back than Cam Akers. Take a shot. I don't actually know that I had him ranked higher. They were they were maybe back-to-back
2: in my final rankings before the, before the draft. I'll look. I got a question for you, nuts. How are you gonna? What's gonna determine whether your algorithms work? Is it going How many years are you gonna wait to see how this? How you're? I'm telling you right now, Froggy,
0: that it doesn't. His algorithms were wrong.
2: Because obviously well, you can't make uh, it out drafted, because that
1: doesn't really matter. I haven't done. I haven't done my final version of the algorithm. I have to. I have to factor landing spot in there somewhere. I don't even know how that's gonna look yet. Hmm. I have, no, I have no concept of what that's going to look like yet.
2: But I thought it was more just based on who was the better player.
1: Yes, but but like.
2: La Michael P Ryan over Cam
1: Akers. Yeah, LaMichael P Ryan's a stud. You want to make that bet right now? What bet? He's in the. He's on. He's a Jet for fuck's sake! Like the Jets have the worst <laughs> offensive in line in the league in twenty twenty. What? Cam Akers or LaMichael P Ryan? Cam Akers is going to have a better 2020. That's no – there's no question. Okay. You have Michael P Pirine 6, Cam Akers 7 out of the combine. Yeah, back-to-back. Back. Those will change with landing spots, though. They have to because I'm not an idiot. Yes, you are. Okay. Hit me, Wolfpack, with your rookie winner. Who made out best?
3: All right. My rookie winner was – I believe it was C.D. Lamb. Uh, I mean, he goes to – as Bullfrog has said, uh, Dak Prescott. I mean, he was what number three quarterback. Uh, he played pretty well, and he did not have C.D. Lamb there. He did not have a slot guy to throw to. Uh, I believe that's where C.D. is going to play. Uh, Cooper and Gallup, they may get more attention, but that's perfect. You know, you got C.D. That's going to take that uh, short route, and he's going to take it. Um, plays. He you know plays the slot. He's got he's quick, good hands. Um, like I said, quarterback threw for over four thousand yards last year. So I mean, why not love this pick? Plus, I mean, nuts. You also lost some money on this bet.
1: What bet was this one?
3: This one oh, was the uh, I
1: did. the draft bet. I did, lo- I did lose a little money on that one. Twelve fifty, I think it was
3: seventeen
1: fifty. <laughs> um, I-, I do have to disagree with you, though, Wolfpack. I don't think Ceedee Lamb was a winner here. If he goes to Philadelphia, if he goes to Las Vegas, if he went to Minnesota, that's a winner. But C.D. Lamb, who was either the best or second-best wide receiver in the class going to Dallas, he, he dropped down my board to closer to number five or six just because of the competition he's dealing with for targets. I mean, it's a good offense to be on for sure. Um, but, right, but you also saw games where
3: Cooper never did. showed up you know, against the Patriots. So, I mean, that's because they, what, double-teamed him the whole time pretty much. With
1: yeah, but it's not like, because Randall Cobb did the slot. No,
3: game. no. Randall Cobb's, Cobb is a piece of shit. So, I mean, agreed. I, I feel like Lamb is going to, you know, do better than Cobb did last year. I
1: think it was a bad landing spot for him because he doesn't, he's not going to get a chance to shine early. Like, eventually, it might be a good landing spot for him, but I don't think it did him any favors. Do we all agree that C. Lamb is probably the best wide receiver there now?
2: He's better than Amari Cooper. Fuck yeah. Well then, he's probably better than Gallup, right? Yeah, he's better than Gallup. Fuck yeah. I think it hurts Gallup the most, but like, yeah, I think he's going to be inconsistent. He's going to have big. He's going to be like Cooper. Yeah, you know? I don't guess. Who knows the point I think. It,
0: I agree that he's a better wide right receiver, and everything I mean, is except except Wolfpack. I don't see this how this helps out anyone. I mean, it helps out the team, just not fantasy wise.
1: I, I don't I'll see be how. Back, that. baby, <laughs> that's about it. And maybe wow. Zeke. To your to your point. Bullfrog, I don't know that it hurts Gallup all that much to be honest with you. Gallup only ran a he, he had a limited route running at team. He runs a he runs a hitch and go. That's pretty much what he runs and he runs the um the fucking one route to the end zone. That's not what CD Lamb's going to do either, I think. What have... you say
0: That CD Lamb's faster? He's
1: bigger. CD Lamb's going to be the deep threat. Is Lamb faster? Yes, than Gallup? Yes. Is he? I don't know how fast either of them is. I mean, I'll take. You, I guess I'll take your word for it, but.
3: <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't like to you, right?
2: Never. I'll, no. I'm doing the research right now. All right. Um.
1: Either way, like we have Gallup on our team, and he and we've talked about trying to move him at this point because I don't think any of the pieces of that that the pieces of that team outside of Dak are really going to be helped out a ton. Um. Now, the only way that it doesn't hurt this receiving core is if you think. Zeke is not going to get 60 catches this year if he's going to drop back down to 20, but I don't see that happening. I mean, somebody – never has
3: know, to it's a uh, Mike McCarthy pass-happy offense now maybe.
1: Somebody has to suffer. Yeah, agreed. Hopefully it's Amari Cooper because he's trash. It, it could be. But Amari Cooper wasn't good consistently anyways though. No. So
0: it's not going to help Cooper. I mean, it, to me, it, it hurts everyone.
1: Yeah, it hurts everybody, including Lamb to me. all you ready
2: right for their, You ready for their combine numbers? Sure. CD Lamb ran a four five at six foot two. Michael Gallup ran a four-five one at six foot one. Uh seed <laughs> score was ninety-seven nine for CD Lamb and a ninety-nine one for Gallup. So it's a coin toss probably. <laughs>
1: All right, let's, let's go to the rookie losers here. I'm going to start because it kind of ties in with um, somebody we've already heard about here. Uh, my rookie loser is J.K. Dobbins for a lot of the same reasons. Bullfrog's rookie loser was Mark Ingram. Last year, Mark Ingram had 78% of the running back carries on that team. That's, that's a huge number. I think it was fifth or sixth most in the league and yet he still only had 220-whatever carries, which was 20th most carries in the league. Running backs on the team just don't get the work when Lamar Jackson rushes for 1,200-whatever-it-is yards. Um, Dobbins is going to come in here. It's not like Ingram's going away, right? Like uh, Bullfrog said, all four backs, they want to use all four backs. Maybe maybe that's not really going to happen, but they're certainly going to use Ingram and Dobbins. I think best-case scenario for Dobbins – this season he might get 30 to 40 percent of the running back touches right I think Ingram still carries the load over the course of the season Um, and 30 to 40 percent of the running back touches in Baltimore it's 110 carries guys Um, that's not going to get it done for you J.K. Dobbins was one of those big four running backs who could have come into this league as a feature back wherever he was drafted Uh, but that's just not the case, to be honest with you. You know, the, I don't think any running back really won terribly well in this draft. I mean, Cam Akers maybe, but like Jonathan Taylor's not going to get as much work as early rookies have in the past. DeAndre Swift, same issue. Even Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who we heard earlier, is going to have to play behind Damian Williams for a while. I don't think any of them got great landing spots as far as volume early. I think Dobbins is going to have the least volume out of that first five guys, maybe even six guys off the board.
0: Did either of you guys mention the fact that Lamar Jackson really is is the best rusher on this team?
1: Lamar Jackson rushes the ball as much as anybody else on the team. Yeah, that's that's what what I'm saying. Look, almost 80% of the running back carries on the team was still only 20th most running back carries in the league. That's not good because the running backs don't get the ball in Baltimore.
0: Mark Ingram's still there. J.K. Dobbins is probably going to be eventually better than him, and they're the same running back. I mean, I I agree with both you guys on both sides of the fence in reality. Both lose. Both
3: agree. agree. Yep. Do you put Dobbins as the number two on the depth
1: chart? Dobbins is the number two on the depth chart, yes. For now. Probably all season, barring an injury. Yeah, Yeah, because, I mean,
3: Ingram finished last year injured.
1: And look ingram ingram is I know he's, he's 30 now. Um, he said he thir- turns 31 this season, but he turns 31 like December 30th. the season's over uh, so but he's on the he's on the roster through next uh, through 2021 right yeah. that's where his contract goes time,
2: so. yeah.
1: should he not completely fall off? I mean he's a lot of money to cut even in 2021 it might be a while before JK. dobbins gets to be alone in that backfield.
2: Yeah, this running back's crazy what these teams are doing.
0: Alone when you still have Lamar Jackson there is the problem.
2: Well, a quote, unquote,
1: alone in the running back room is what I should have said. You're right about that. It's not a good landing spot. He's a big loser to me. Um, he is a guy, if I'm sitting in my rookie draft right now and I'm picking at like 106, 107, and Dobbins is there, I would pass on him to take a receiver.
2: Yeah, probably me too.
1: Which I would not have considered beforehand because you want the running backs early because they produce early usually. But I would rather have a Justin Jefferson, obviously a Judy. I'd rather have those guys
2: than J.K. Dobbins, even even here in year one. Yeah, these teams are almost thrown away these first year of these rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe not. Maybe these guys will play more than we think, but they're willing to – timeshare at least for the first year and then you know get their last three years out of the contract or whatever it is. Wiz while we're on the topic of rookie running backs why don't you hit us with your rookie loser. Yeah my rookie
0: loser is also running back DeAndre Swift who ends up in Detroit. It's fucking Detroit Froggy. No one fucking likes Detroit.
1: He likes Detroit.
0: No it's a fucking shithole Froggy.
1: What the fuck? It's That's a bad, bad pick. Half of Detroit's dead right now.
2: He's here's taking over that fucking game. He's fucking taking over that backfield. He's going to be a stud. Motherfucker.
0: I actually don't mean like what they did overall. I thought they, you know, they drafted defense and everything else and, and, and good support players. I was okay with that, except here's the problem with DeAndre Swift specifically. Kerry and Johnson's still there. He's young. He's what? He's, he's going to be 23 or 24 entering this year. They drafted Jason Huntley. The problem I have here is that. Bo Starborough. Yeah, Bo Scarborough is also there. You are correct on that. Um, this is just committee, committee, committee. There is no way there's going to be a single running back in this on this team that actually produces that's worth uh, starting on a, on a week in, week out
2: basis. Patriot that's the
0: way. problem here.
2: Patriot way, baby. Mm-hmm. Patriots two point Yeah, but I mean, I wish they would just give it to fucking Helms the Swift and make him a better offense because he's the true three three down back that you can run the play action and. Well, carry
1: on, carry on Johnson over the last couple of years. People were saying the same thing about him. He could have done it if they'd just given it to him. And, well, he couldn't stay healthy. But,
2: but do you think that's actually going to
0: happen here, Froggy? Do you really think they're going to turn DeAndre Swift and give him that much opportunity?
2: No, fuck no. Agree. Although <laughs> Patricia and fucking Quinn are got their necks on a, on a line right now this season. So I this would, season, however, we'll I would see. think. Swift over Dobbins for sure. You in, would in a dynasty yes. draft, yeah, me too.
0: Yes, in a dynasty all, all day long. I think I think you, that's an accurate statement. Um, is is that because of the? Is that because of Lamar Jackson? Because to me, it probably is.
1: Lamar Jackson's a big part of it. I think DeAndre Swift is is better is a more talented back than Dobbins is. A um, smiles. Is it? I just yeah. I just like Swift. I like that position better just because there's less – even though there's a lot of competition in the backfield, there's the same competition in the running back room for Dobbins, except there's also a quarterback who runs as much as any running back in the
2: league would want anyway. I can tell you this. As a Lions fan, this is the most talent they've had in the running back room since Barry was around. Yeah. We'll see. (laughs) You openly state that? Fuck yeah! Well, what
3: I've got four what, running backs for one Barry.
1: I think what he means to say <laughs> is, if you take all the running backs in the room, put their talent together. Exactly.
2: I didn't say more than Barry. I just said it's as it's the most they've had in the room since Barry was around. Because since then, it's been shit, or at least one decent guy that Lions fans thought was great, but in reality, he probably couldn't even start for twenty NFL teams. Fucking Kevin Jones or. To Amir Abdullah, blah, blah,
1: blah. President Bush. It Theoretic.
2: David Bay. So Theoretic. a top
1: five. Theoretic. The top five. <laughs> <laughs> top five in somebody's scoring format. I promise <laughs> you that. Let's get a quarterback in here. Who's a rookie loser for you, Wolfpack?
3: I thought it was uh, Jordan Love. For one, he was drafted too high. Way too high. So high. Uh, second of all, he's Rodgers' replacement, which, I mean, it had to come sooner or later. But, I mean, it's another Brett Favre Rogers scenario. Rogers doesn't want a replacement. He needed weapons. Everybody hates him now. The Packers had a horrible draft. Packers fans already hate love because they know they needed someone to finish out Rogers' career. And even when Jordan Love becomes a starting quarterback, let's just say three years, he probably still won't have the draft weapons there, the weapons there. I mean, he may still have Adam sitting out there. There is no
0: way Jordan Love is better than Aaron Rodgers in three years.
3: No, but I'm, I'm sure they'll get rid of Rodgers by then, just like they did with Brett Favre in Let three years. Ask,
1: Let me ask you this. Does this mean Devin Funches is for real this year? No, it means Alan Lazard no. is for real, baby. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, equanimity of St. Brown missed all year last year. He's coming back from injury. Maybe he's the guy.
2: Could
3: be. It could be there. Uh, was it AJ Dillon? It could be that running back. Just keep you
2: know oh, all the passing it line- off to him. The pass volume went way down last year, didn't it? Aaron Jones, fucking, and Jamal Williams. The Rogers was the lowest volume he's probably ever had in his career. So especially
1: in the red zone, especially in the red
2: zone. Yeah. Oh, but awesome. still
1: no weapons,
2: though. I mean, not
3: even a tight end. Uh, you're right on that.
0: Uh, they, they just didn't. There's no way this. I don't. It's not helping Jordan Love, I and mean, this isn't helping. Thing in my mind, you're right. Packers, the t- and they traded up.
3: Yeah, move. Though, oh, I had heard that the Colts were actually talking about moving up to get Jordan Love, which put the pressure on the Packers to go get Jordan Love before the Colts did.
0: Now, I'm nuts. As a Bears fan, are you happier that the Bears had a worse that the Packers had a worse draft than the Bears?
1: Always happy that the Packers suck shit at stuff. But do
0: you think they actually did, or do you think the Bears draft was just
1: bad? I don't. Bad. I don't know. I don't know, they, I don't know where they went later, but no, 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 no. Trading up for Jordan Love and then taking AJ Dillon—that's trash. I think they did both of those things before the Bears even had a pick, but that's trash. Yeah, that's bad. That's it, bad.
2: Do you bad. think Rogers is talking to the? Also, fans?
1: I like. I liked, I like. I like the pair of uh, DBs that the Bears picked up. I think they did good there with some physical, physical defenders.
0: I don't understand the idea of, of passing on the, the Alabama cornerbacks. To
1: be honest with you, you know they like those small school guys. Who was the one kid play? The, the one DB played some fucking D three.
2: Utah was one of them. All yeah. right, we, we got to lock up this division right now. Preseason pick. Who you got, Allen?
3: Preseason
2: NFC North. <laughs> Hands down, Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings. The Vikings.
3: Why
1: are you asking? I just wanted to
3: see what it it to ain't,
1: the got to It ain't going to be the Lions. I never <laughs> said it was. The, qu- the real question is, who loses the division?
2: And so that's probably a better question, too. Yeah. Who's going the fucking Bears? <laughs> uh, Lions. <laughs> Lions are the worst. Yeah. I think it
0: might be the Packers. I'll take that bet. But that lose the division?
1: Yeah.
3: Didn't oh, wow. I, I got Packers and the Vikings as a top two.
2: Do You think Rodgers probably. wants out? You think if after I this draft, bet,
3: yeah,
0: your wife has to show me her tits? Whose wife? The Packer fan wife.
3: My wife? Oh, yeah. She's the only fucking Packer <laughs> fan. Oh, well, she ain't that smart. So, I mean,
1: <laughs> she's a fucking Packers fan.
3: She is. She'll, she'll know any better.
1: We need to get a Vikings fan on this show. Fuck. No, we don't. Yeah, you got to go. I Yeah, I, I'm the one that has to go. <laughs> <laughs> hey uh Bullfrog, do you have a rookie winner for us or loser for us?
2: Oh yes, my boy Brandon Ayuk. Uh was pretty high on him coming into the draft and then he goes and gets picked up by the San Francisco 49ers. And what do so they like Ayuk going into this is the point though, right? Like you like yeah. him I you know, was IU going into this absolutely and then and then he gets drafted by the niners who basically run the fucking ball and pass to george Kidd off. <laughs> eh, i mean to some extent uh you know they got debo there fucking a they got jalen hurd coming off injury they got i don't even know who else other guys they got out there um, you know they
1: got dante pettis
2: baby yeah, your boy, Pepper. <laughs> what, Hurd? Uh, was it, is born, is that his name? Yeah, Jalen Hurd. He's coming back off an injury. Anyway, he's basically, in my in my eyes, going to be replacing the volume of Emmanuel Sanders, who in his, I don't know, 10 games there, whatever it was, he was about five targets and three and a half catches a game, which is kind of dog shit as far as fantasy purposes go. Um. And then you look at Jimmy Jimmy G. You know he only had 476 pass attempts, which was only he only beat one other starting quarterback that played all 16 games, and that was Josh Allen, who only had 461 pass attempts. So you know, like I said, they run the fucking football because they're good at running the football. George Kittle has a 28% target share, which was number one for tight for tight ends in the NFL. Uh, again, he was. He was one of my favorite receivers coming to the draft, but I just don't know if I'm going to be going after him anywhere now. They even traded up to get, which according to a lot of reports, he's kind of a deep ball guy, which is not what the San Francisco 49ers offense does. Jimmy G only averaged six and a half air yards per intended pass attempt which was 37 out of 39 quarterbacks who had at least 128 pass attempts which means they don't pass it down the field so when I studied film on IUC and he's making all these plays down the field that is not gonna be there
0: let's let's, ask this a little bit differently I mean Kyle Shanahan's the offensive coordinator. He does a fantastic job. He started in, Cle- you know, in Cleveland with Josh Gordon. He, he, he does a decent job when he goes to Washington. He goes to Atlanta, and fucking he has Julio Jones. The only argument I think there's been made here is that he is waiting for one of these fucking wide receivers to erupt as a legitimate wide receiver.
2: Manuel Sanders is good. He's just not great, and he's at the end of his career. Um Right. I hear your argument. Could he be the guy that they were hunting for to make the offense adapted towards that type of player? It's possible. I'll believe it when I see it.
0: Yeah. but See, your argument here is that they run the ball first, and they just exactly. haven't proven to, 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 to use wide receivers?
2: Well, and, and they're just, you know, they're a good fucking team. And we talked about this a little bit before last season was that the Niners offense was a little better when they were shitty because those shitty quarterbacks were throwing the fuck out of the ball so Kittle went off and then last year they didn't have to do that because they were a damn good team with a good defense so they'd ground and pound and dink and dunk they didn't you know they don't have to throw 40 yard touchdowns to win games or to. the defense defense did get a little worse right they lost a couple pieces so
1: we'll see We'll see. Maybe maybe it is that they were just looking – They and there
2: have not been receivers in San Francisco. It was just through. a spot that it just didn't excite me because I was like, I was excited by this guy, and it just – Disappointing. Yeah, oh. you're, right. you're
1: right. Yeah. Speaking of getting really excited, though, let's hit our last category here. Our last category is this. Look, we've we've all either just done rookie drafts, have rookie drafts coming up, or both. Who is one guy – that you can't fucking wait to get shares of in a rookie draft. Does it, you may, Maybe you're going to end up reaching on him because you just fucking want this guy. Let's start with who I think is the most obvious guy on the list, Big Wiz. Who's your guy? In- yeah, to me,
0: to me it's, it's the easy one. It's the one that probably already mentioned. It's Justin Jefferson. This, for the last – this position over the last three seasons with Stephon Diggs was 112 targets per season – TTDs, 13 red zone targets per year. He's 6'1, 200 pounds is bigger than Stephon Diggs. He almost does everything better than Stefan Diggs. Everything that Frongi just already mentioned. He's fast, he has a huge catch radius. I think it's actually to his benefit. He's a little bit different than Diggs. He he's he's Adam. This almost helps Adam Thielen. I just think this helps his entire team. If if I'm a if I own fantasy, stock anywhere. I'm trying to go get Justin Jefferson. You guys talked about it. You guys did it one of your dynasty leagues. I would do it all over the place. This guy has the ability to produce now and in the, the future for several, several seasons.
1: So this is how our fantasy rookie draft went that Bullfrog and I just did. We had the 108. We had traded down to the 108 and um, we were hoping to take, we were hoping to take a running back, like maybe the fifth running back or something, but the only guy left was Keyshawn Vaughn. We didn't want him Jerry, Judy, and Justin Jefferson were both sitting there, and mm-hmm. we're going back and forth on the phone. We're like, you know, we both love Jefferson, but how the fuck do you pass up on Jerry, Judy, if he's available here? We, with my head hung low, likely his too. We took Judy at the 108, and then the 109 comes to pass, and Keyshawn Vaughn goes, and immediately Bullfrog texts me. He's like, call the guy at 110. Trade, we need to trade back up and fucking get Jefferson, so I spent what the next two or three hours on the phone with this guy on and off the phone with this guy trying to convince him to make a fucking trade with us so we can get back into the first round finally did it, and uh Jefferson and Judy one two I think that was a fucking fantastic. what it cost you was that our boy Jason too that did that for us it was it, was. it cost us we had to make this trade. we traded um Devontae Parker. We traded the two hundred and five, and we got the one hundred and ten and the three hundred
2: and ten. You, you guys really won that gave one. Devonte Parker, and that was
1: it. We gave up Devonte Parker and the two o and the two hundred and five, which was our our second round pick there. Yeah, but I mean, that boy, you're trading picks, right? So you gave Devontae Parker. It took it took two two and a half
2: three hours to convince this guy to I make the trade. The guy just had a little. Piece of his heart that like he just wants to be liked by us, so he's like, yeah. "Just got to do it." <laughs> <He does. laughs> That's the L-
3: Little sympathy.
2: The no, it turned out
1: to be a good trade for him. Uh, he ne- he really needed a quarterback, a running back, and a receiver because every one of his run, he had on Johnson, he had Marlon Mack, he mm-hmm. had fuck all the running backs he had got got fucking drafted out of their spots, right? So. He needed a running back, a quarterback, and a receiver. And I, I just I just told him, I was like, if you make this trade, you'll get Parker as a receiver, and you'll have the 203, and you'll have the 205. You can get a running back and a quarterback, and you can address all three of your needs. It just took a long time to convince him that CeeDee Lamb wasn't worth giving up one of those spots for because he really wanted Lamb at the 110. But, uh, yeah, we traded up. And from then on, every fucking, I don't know, every couple of hours, both Rock and I are on the phone, like, let's, let's fucking trade up again. And we've traded up 100 goddamn times and got every player we wanted to in every round. And it was yeah, We got a lot of the guys we wanted. So that, that was a great, great fucking draft. draft. But, yes, we got Jefferson, even though we didn't draft him. We both felt really bad about that Judy pick, which is stupid to say because Judy's a stud too. But Jefferson, yes, he's the man. Hey, me, Wolfpack, your tar- go-to target. Who I don't think you even took in our rookie draft, did you? No,
3: I did not. Uh, in our rookie draft, I was actually trying to get Cole Komet because I, you know, they're giving extra points for, for extra receptions. So, you know what? I'll, I'll go get that extra, uh, those extra points. I, I feel like he's going to be more of a target, and your guys' is ten Jimmy- tight end set. Yeah, Jimmy Graham's not going to do shit for you guys. That's true. So I mean, I actually, I actually thought that Chase Claypool had was like the winner for the target, um, Steelers needed a wide receiver you know after they got rid of Brown, they needed a number two number one or a one a one b type set. Um, I feel like with Juju and chase it's another brown and shoot and juju on how that started out. you know if brown wasn 't open, you just owed the juju. I feel like this is how this could work out for him. Um, chase goes to a good team, great organization. Um, He's a big target to throw to. And he has a quarterback that just chucks the ball 40, 50 times a game and still hands it off 15, 20 times.
1: He is a fucking big target to throw to, too.
3: Yeah. And like, like we had talked in one of our episodes, he could be a tight end, essentially. But he's just a lot faster, and he just he's just as big as one.
2: Well, they got Eric Ebron now. They're good.
3: Ebron's is horrible. <laughs> I mean, if you don't have luck throwing to Ebron, then Ebron's horrible.
2: Is there any fucking wide receivers good from Notre Dame, though?
1: Wiz? Mm, it's yeah. Rocket
2: Ishmael.
1: Or Raheem Rocket Ishmael. Best wide receiver to come out of Notre Dame, Wiz. Tim Brown? Tim huh? Brown? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's a long time ago. A long fucking time ago. But,
3: but I feel like Chase could be your one B. yeah yeah, that worked out for Samarja
1: I think Chase Claypool I think Chase Claypool is a big pick the interesting thing about Claypool is like he's going at the end of the fourth round he is cheap as shit in rookie drafts
3: and
1: that Pittsburgh offense if Big Ben is healthy again can be a big offense we have seen it time and time and time again
3: I mean he's a big receiver like you said so I mean if Ben gets in trouble just throw it up and say hey jump go get it I mean you're 6'4 big bodied box out that Five foot nothing guy.
1: What's he? Two hundred forty-five pounds or something. Oh yeah,
3: big dude.
1: Uh, safeties can't cover this kid. No. Could he end up over the middle? All right. Um. Let me hit you with mine. Here's another wide receiver. This is a guy that um, I had to dig deep and do some research in for this draft guide that we put together. And ever and the more film I watched on this guy, the more I fell in love with Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. Um. He is. I think, as legitimate he – is, he is as legitimate as some of these top-named guys that we're talking about as far as a receiver prospect. Big dude. He's 6'3", 220-some pounds, um, plays every bit of it. At the Combine, coming out of the Combine, I, I think in our Combine results show, I talked about him. Um, he was right near the top at all the explosive drills, the three-cone drills, the shuttle drills. Uh, he, he plays He plays big, but he's also extraordinarily – athletic. Um, What I liked about him on his film is that he seems to have a really high football IQ, complete route tree, runs every route under the sun. He's one of these guys um, that if if you try, if, if defenses ran a zone scheme against him, he is a college receiver that has a knack for finding holes in zones and sitting down. That is not something college receivers are typically very good at. Uh, I think he's going to come in right away and have a his learning curve for the NFL is a lot more shallow than most rookies. In my in my draft profile I wrote up for this guy, I think I, I said he's as good a bet as anybody to have a the a breakout rookie season. Like, you know, you always have one one rookie wide receiver who does something. Um he's got a good a chance as anybody at doing it. Great 50-50 ball. He's real good at using his body to box out to make room to catch if he's in traffic. He can do it down the sideline. He can do it down the field. He could do it over the middle. He could do it just about everywhere. I think he's going to lead the team in receptions this year because, one, T.Y. Hilton is going to get hurt and miss eight games. And, two, everybody else on the team is wide receiver three at best in the NFL. So, um, watch Michael Pittman be the – leading receiver for the Colts and on all of my, well, most of my dynasty teams. We didn't get him, Bullfrog, but I'm happy with our receivers anyway.
2: I'm excited about his red zone potential too with Ebron, Ebron gone. I mean, he could step up yeah. and be their number one red zone guy right away for Rivers. I mean, dude's a stud. I like him a lot. He'd be good. Plus, I mean, you
3: could call him like he's been in the NFL, if, if you want to say that, because, uh, because of his dad. He's been around it.
2: Yeah. How about he,
3: yeah, his dad knows how to handle it. He knows how to handle it. He was raised up
2: that way. Michael Pittman Senior was a monster. Those biceps, were scary. I think nineteen
1: inch
0: froggy, nineteen
1: inch. Junior's going to be pretty good too. For Bullfrog, do you have a rookie you want to talk about here that you you're trying to target
2: everywhere? I mean, if I had two, it's the two you guys mentioned. So I don't want to embarrass myself by digging deeper here, but it, it's Justin Jefferson and Michael Pittman. Man, those were the first two guys that I would have put if I were making a list of guys. So I'm going to just let you guys do the work on those two. But, yeah, yeah those are the guys. And we got one of them in one. And, what, our next one starts, what, Sunday? So well, You have to like Judy a little bit, right? Seriously? Just, well, you know my player comp was T.Y. Hilton on him. And uh, in Denver, I don't know, man. Drew Locke, I don't know. That's the thing. It's not quite as solidified as Jefferson for sure, and probably not Pittman either, just because of the opportunity. And
3: just I mean, Locke only played like what eight games last year, if that.
1: I'll throw uh, I'll I'll throw one more out here. Um, sort of a, a dark horse, much later round at a position that's very different. But you know, a lot of these. O- ours that we're about to draft in, not a super flex, but most dynasty leagues, all the other ones I'm in are all super flex leagues. And the guy I'm targeting in my super flex rookie drafts, Jacob Eason. I mean, playing behind Philip rivers in Indianapolis. Good chance. Yeah. I'm going to edit. I'll edit the shit. Out of it. Good, good chance. I think Eason has a, has a shot at, at doing something. And he's going the sixth quarterback off boards, but uh, there you go. All right, I, I think we're done huh we good before we go since you're here bullfrog why don't you hit us with a uh, lesson of the day
2: do you still do that I don't know I don't know if he knows how anymore lesson of the day hmm lesson of the day is when you leave the podcast for months your uh, fellow pod mates like to talk a lot of shit about <laughs> it yum, yum, so don't go for too long yum, you're dead to me alright guys that's it
1: from us on this very long post draft episode maybe when we come back to you again in two weeks we'll actually all be in studio who knows I don't know eventually the world's got to restart for now close your doors wash your hands strap your mask on and uh, get to jerking it What else are you strapping on? Yeah, baby.
0: Thank you for listening to another episode of Your Football Fantasy. Now pull up your pants, subscribe, and review us on Apple
2: Podcasts. You can find more from these limp dick butt pirates at www.yourfootballfantasy.weebly.com.